Welcome back to Proverbs 910 Ministries podcast, No Trash, Just Truth. We're your hosts and co-founders of Proverbs 910 Ministries, Chris Paxson and Rose Spiller. Rose, today we're starting our new series, Real Truth About Real Stuff. And we're going to talk about some beliefs that people might think are really innocent and don't contradict the Bible. But in reality, when you take a look at them, they really aren't harmless and they really do contradict what God's Word says. What I mean is, we're going to talk about why they don't go together. Chocolate and peanut butter go together, but this stuff does not go with Christianity. No, it doesn't. And it needs to be talked about on a Christian podcast because you're right, Chris. A lot of people who say they're Christians will also say that they believe in things like reincarnation, karma, psychics, and astrology. Some even claim to dabble in magic, have secret charms, or cast spells, if you can believe it. And they're serious about it. In fact, the Pew Research Center did a survey in late 2017 And in the 61% of the adults they surveyed who said they were Christians, they also said they believed in one kind of new age practice. And there's been a rise in people practicing witchcraft and the occult. Several years ago, that same Pew Research Center said that in the United States, there was over three quarters of a million people who claimed to be pagans or Wiccans, which is basically modern day witchcraft. That sounds unbelievable. I mean, it really does. But... Rose, the Bible doesn't support Christians practicing those things. And as we point out very, very, very often in this program, the Bible is our rule and authority for life. We do say it all the time because it's true. And another thing we need to add here, Chris, is that more women than men tend to believe this stuff. That same study on the New Age stuff found that of the Christians surveyed, 55% were men who believed in something New Age compared to 69% of the women. Yeah, you know, I don't know if it's because of the way we're wired or because women tend to be more emotional or what it is, but it seems that some women are always looking for something to add to their Christian walk, something to enhance their Bible study time, and things like that. You know how I feel about that. But regardless, that's a topic for a different day. So let's dive into this one. Why don't we start with reincarnation? Reincarnation is the belief that someone's soul survives and is reincarnated into another body. Sometimes another human, sometimes an animal, or a bug. Yeah, and there's a lot of people who say they're Christians, and yet they say they believe in reincarnation. Some of you out there might be shaking your head, but this is much more prevalent than you might think. Some of these people even believe that they were reincarnated. There are more and more Christians who believe this. And reincarnation often goes along with the beliefs of pantheism, which is that God is in everything, and the idea of karma. You know, karma is a phrase we hear so often just thrown around like it's no big deal. But the real definition of karma is the idea that the soul learns lessons while it's in one body. And depending on how it handles itself or how well the lessons are learned, that determines what the next body it will go into. And the soul keeps going through this cycle until it's learned its lessons and becomes sufficiently enlightened. After that happens... It supposedly reaches some sort of divine status or nirvana, depending on which religion you're following. This is mainly found in religions like Hinduism, Buddhism, and Sikhism. In those religions, like you said, a person's actions in one state of existence decides their fate in future existences. So, Rose, let's talk about what's wrong with this picture in regard to being a Christian and saying that you believe in reincarnation and karma. I would say the first thing that comes to mind in refuting reincarnation is Hebrews 9, verse 27, which says, 
It is appointed for a man to die once, and after that comes judgment. Well, that sounds like the exact opposite of reincarnation. It does. Likewise, Jesus said to the thief on the cross, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise, not you will come back as something else. <laughs> like a bug. Right. But you're exactly right. So the Bible teaches that we only die once and that when we die, the soul of the person is either with God or in hell, which is sometimes called Hades. Our physical bodies stay on earth until the first resurrection, which is the resurrection of the believer, or the second resurrection, which is a resurrection of the wicked. And we see these truths of what happened to the soul in the verse that you just mentioned, but we also see it in Luke 16 with the rich man and Lazarus. It also talks about the souls being in hell or Hades in Psalms and in Acts, and again in the book of Revelation, where it says, the sea gave up the dead who were in it, death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged. And we see the truth of physical resurrections in Daniel 12 too, where it says, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth, which is people who've died, shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Rose, just based solely on these verses that we've just talked about, there's no way a Christian can believe in reincarnation and also say that they do believe the Bible. They don't go together at all. There is no way to mesh the two. No, there really isn't. And quite frankly, if you truly believe the Bible, it can't logically line up. If one soul was reincarnated and lived in multiple bodies, what would happen at the physical resurrection? There'd be a bunch of empty bodies with no souls in them. Yeah, you're right. This is not the walking dead. This just makes no sense at all to think they line up. And we haven't even touched on what happens if you believe that you could be reincarnated as another type of living being. I mean, what happens if you believe that you could be reincarnated as a bug? Well, that causes a lot of problems. You can't hit a fly buzzing around because it might be your aunt. That's right. That's right. I mean, we're laughing <laughs> about this, but it's really sad that Christians believe this. It, it is. It is. And seriously, we need to think this through. What would this mean for salvation? Jesus may have died for you as a human, but he didn't die for animals and bugs. And what happens if you come back as another human? Do you need to be saved again? Or is the one salvation in your one existence good for all your existences? I mean, Chris, we could go on and on. Yeah, we could. That's a great point. The bottom line is reincarnation is a completely unbiblical concept. It is. So, Rose, there's something we should discuss that's partially driving this. And that is that some people say they've got past memories from a different life. Or there are some stories out there about moms with young kids who said something like this to them. God sent me to you to be your kid after I was done with my first mom. Like people give these examples of this kind of stuff over and over and over. And I've heard of this happening. And sometimes the person goes on to explain things about their quote unquote former life. And there are things that really do seem impossible that they would know unless they were there. And I understand how this could freak you out. But Chris, we've already said and given proof from the Bible that reincarnation doesn't line up with what scripture teaches. So on this subject, we have to start from the point that when this happens, the memory isn't real. I agree. And there have been doctors who've studied these things and come up with some answers that we're going to give. So if it's not a real memory, Rose, what could it be? Well, one possibility is that the memory that people are putting forth is just false. In other words, it's not true, and the person's just saying it for some reason, which could be one of many reasons. It also could be that a person fully believes the memory they're sharing is genuine, 
But just because a person believes their memory of a past life experience is true, doesn't make it a fact and doesn't mean that it actually happened. So let's give an example here. A person might believe this is a memory, and they might even include details that seem like they're from a different life, but they could be from a dream, they could be from a scene from a movie and they're just not remembering it's a movie, or it even could be like a part of a book, especially if they've gotten emotionally invested in it. Exactly. These things could come from a hallucination, perhaps a mental illness, could be chemically induced. The main point is just because something seems like a real memory, there's no objective proof that it is. All of those things make sense, but there's also one possibility of something else, and that is receiving memories from something supernatural. Absolutely. And at all the people who were just rolling their eyes at the ways we just said you could have a false memory, don't roll your eyes at this one. Because especially in cases where there's no explanation at all for something that someone knows about the past, I'm saying that because some of those examples out there are really crazy and seem real, that the only source of someone who has lived in the past and could and would have this kind of information from the past would be from demons. Well, Satan deceived Adam and Eve in the garden in Genesis 3, and John 8:44 calls him a liar and the father of lies. And then in Ephesians, Paul tells us that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So it makes sense. It does, and this would account for so-called memories that have no human explanation. Yet the idea that it could be demons acknowledges an explanation that is consistent with the teachings of the Bible. That's correct. So let's be clear here. I want to just say this since we're talking about demons. Someone who's truly a Christian does have the Holy Spirit living inside them, and they can't be possessed by a demon. But that doesn't mean that a Christian can't be tempted or that a demon can't be whispering something like this in your ear, something like what we've been talking about. In Matthew 16, Satan uses Peter to rebuke Jesus. Peter was a believer, and Satan didn't possess Peter, but he tempted him to openly reject what Jesus was saying as Jesus was standing right in front of him. If Satan can get Peter to do that at that moment, we'd be foolish to believe that he couldn't get us to believe a memory that wasn't really a memory. That's a great point. And I'm thinking of when Paul tried to go to Thessalonica, he attributes having his way blocked to Satan. That's another great example. And I would say that the less you know about the Bible and what it really teaches, the more susceptible you're going to be to fall and pray to this stuff. And it's obvious that some people who are saying this or believing in reincarnation because their kids said something or because they think they have memories don't know enough about the Bible to even consider that it might not be true. So wait, you're saying the more we know the Bible, the better? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, Rose, let's talk about karma. What would you say to someone who told you they believed in karma? Well, the idea of karma is totally unchristian too. Karma is the idea that our actions bring corresponding reactions. In other words, we get what we deserve. And some believe that this effect is caused by some kind of universal law that makes it happen. And others say it's from a deity who dispenses karma. So in other words, it's either the universe or some kind of God that when you do good, good things happen to you. And if you do bad, bad things happen. Tell that to Job. Yeah, exactly. Tell that to Job. You know, but there are some things in the Bible, Rose, that could possibly lead someone who doesn't spend a lot of time studying to believe that's exactly how it works. 
I'm thinking about like in Galatians where it says, whatever a man sows, that he will also reap because that gets thrown around a lot. Mm-hmm. Or blessings for obedience, curses for disobedience for, the, for Israel in the Old Testament. So what would you say to someone who said that to you? Well, first, taking the Galatians passage, Paul's talking about eternal blessings, not things on earth. Second, the whole Old Testament points us to Jesus, the one who, according to Romans 5, 8, demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, we hadn't done anything good. Christ died for us. That sounds like anything but karma to me. Yeah, you're right. Grace is definitely not karma. It's so much far better you can't even describe it. And once again, we're only given a few examples here, but you can see that karma doesn't line up with what scripture teaches. You can't say, I'm a Christian, but I believe in karma. Well, technically you can say that, but if you do, you're not believing what God says when he says grace is completely undeserved. Can you imagine if we all got what we deserved? Yeah, we'd all be in hell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So at the beginning of this episode, we mentioned a couple of other things that people who say they're Christians dabble in, for lack of a better word. One of those is psychics. Rose, what does the Bible have to say about going to see a psychic or a palm reader or something like that? Psychics, mediums, palm readers, and I'll include in the list, although they don't exactly fit in the same category, but the same consequences are sorcerers and witches, that they're in no way acceptable for a Christian to mess with or dabble in, as you said. Deuteronomy 18 says, whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord. Chris, scripture tells us to run from this stuff. If you truly have a desire to do any of these things, I hope you're listening to us, and I hope you will heed this warning of the Bible. Yeah, because detestable to the Lord's nothing to mess with. No. You know, Rose, when I was a young adult, before I was a believer, I got invited to this Tupperware party, and the woman that was having the party was also having somebody she knew who was like, he was either a palm reader or a tarot card reader or something. And she was going to have that person be there sitting in her kitchen after the Tupperware party. You could go get your reading done. And I, at the time, I thought it sounded like fun, and I thought it sounded kind of exciting to have somebody tell you about your future, and I, I would have kind of believed it at that point, and I was really looking forward to going to this party and seeing what the person had to tell me, but the moment I got in the door where the party was going to be, all I can say is I felt something I can only describe as evil and oppressive, and, you know, I sat through the Tupperware sales pitch and I bought some Tupperware and I left. And I can't describe it. There was no way I was going in that kitchen to have a reading done. No matter how excited I had been, all of that desire to have it done was gone. And I can't say that I was scared. I wasn't scared and I wasn't freaked out by the feeling. I just went from being excited to do it to having no desire to do it. And like I said, there was this oppressive, evil feeling. Hmm. And I know you, Chris, you're not someone who looks for signs or experiences. Actually, you're probably the opposite. You're more to discount that stuff. So if you say you felt that strongly, that had to be strange. It was strange. And you're right. I'm not like that. I'm more likely to say, oh, yeah, right. But anyway, that's what happened. Well, I have a story, too. When I was a kid, my friend's mom went to a psychic and she was showing her pictures of her kids to get readings on them and she she showed the psychic a picture of her daughter and I happened to be in the picture and the mom was telling me this after and she was kind of ticked off but she said the psychic ignored her daughter completely and went off for five minutes about me 
She asked who I was and said she was getting messages about me. She didn't know exactly what those messages meant, but she knew that there was something quote unquote special about me because she wasn't necessarily saying special in a good way in her view. And she said that I was going to become something that made her really uneasy. Wow, that's really weird. But you think somehow she saw the light of God in you or something, even though you weren't saved yet? I don't know. It could be. But, you know, that brings up a good point. The people who do this stuff, and we're not talking about the ones who are tricksters, who are just hoaxing people to make money, but the ones who are truly practicing this stuff, these dark arts, and who really get legitimate readings and, you know, who do this stuff. And it seems like, wow, how'd they know that? Well, I can tell you how they know it. They're not born with some kind of special powers. No human is born with some kind of supernatural power that enables them to do some of the things they do any more than someone can be born with a comic book superhero power. The ability to do this stuff comes from somewhere else. It has to. You're absolutely right. It does. And it's not good. Satan and his demons have no power to do anything that God doesn't give them permission to do. But he does allow them to do things. God gave Satan permission to attack everything of Job's, including his family, but not Job's physical health at first. And then later, he gave him permission to attack that also. The demon-possessed man in the tombs at Gerasenes had so much strength when he was possessed that no one could bind him anymore, not even when he was chained with iron, hand and foot with iron. Yeah, he had so many demons inside him, they called themselves legion. This is not something to mess with. Chris, you know, we also mentioned astrology. And this is another one we shouldn't be messing with. What would you say to someone who claims to be a Christian, but relies on their astrological sign, reads their horoscope, and at least somewhat believes it? Well, I would say God made the stars, and he put them in groups that we call constellations, like Orion and the bear, both of which are, are mentioned in scripture. And in Genesis 1.14, we see that God put them in the heavens to separate the day from night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. So God made them to measure time. But these people who practice astrology take this and they twist their use and they say that the planets exert some kind of force on human destiny. Astrology is just another form of divination that's forbidden in scripture. And Isaiah 47 says this about astrologers. Like stubble, the fire consumes them. They cannot deliver. And again, it's just something we shouldn't be meddling in. Yeah, certainly doesn't sound like it. We know that God's people have always dabbled in pagan practices, even though he forbade it. They didn't give up worship of him, Yahweh, and just start doing this other stuff. Instead, they added the other stuff to worship of the one true and living God. Yeah, and that's called syncretism. And, it's, and like you said, it's nothing new. Archaeologists have found small clay idols and charms and such things in the ruins of the homes that they're finding from Israel. But Rose... Whether it's new or not, it's not acceptable. And people who say they're Christians and think it's okay to practice these things today, they need to stop and examine themselves. There's a lot of warnings in the Bible. Colossians 2.8 says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Ephesians 5.11 says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. And just to give you one more, another one from Ephesians 5, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. 
Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are a light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. If you've been listening to this podcast and you're dabbling in that stuff that we've talked about, or if you believe in reincarnation or karma or any of those things that we've talked about, please, please pray. Open your Bibles and start reading and ask God to open your eyes to the truth. And for some of you listening, you might be wondering, why did we pick this topic? Because you haven't come into contact with anyone who practices anything like this. But this is becoming more and more prevalent in Christian circles. We need to be aware of it, even if we haven't encountered it yet. We do, because it's a big deal. And for some reason, people seem to be enamored with all these false beliefs uh, to the point that they don't even want to hear the truth anymore. But they need to. So I hope this episode has helped some people today, at least, to be confronted with the fact that the Bible and Christianity do not go together with any of this crap. It definitely doesn't. In the next episode of Real Truth About Real Stuff, we're going to delve into another tough topic. And that's where we're going to end today. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of No Trash, Just Truth. Thanks for joining us today. Have a blessed day.